Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Abby with me, who runs Nest Financial Services in West Yorkshire, which was set up in 2017. Abby has 20 years experience in the banking industry and has won some prestigious awards, including the Best Advisor in the Northwest, Female Financial Advisor of the Year in 2018, and won it again last year in 2020. So if you want to take some advice from anyone, then make sure you take a few notes when listening to Abby over the next 30 minutes or so. So the nest name came from Abby being a mom of three herself and wanting to help parents protect their nest by educating them on mortgages and protection, which we'll get onto because Abby has done quite a few informative videos on social media on these subjects. So I'm excited to delve into, into kind of the content of those videos. So thanks very much, Abby, for coming on. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Good, good. So I wanted to start with you giving us an insight into your banking background because you were on the other side of the fence of mortgage brokers before becoming a mortgage broker, weren't you? I was, yes. So um, I um, joined the Halifax in 2002. Um, Originally, I was at Asda working in the HR team and I got headhunted to move over to the uh, head up the uh, mortgage HR team. Uh, at Halifax Bank and was there obviously looking after that team for a couple of years until one of the execs took me to one side and basically said I think you wasted in HR and I've got this um, role that I'd really like you to think about within within mortgages. Obviously mortgages I knew and loved because they were the business unit I looked after from a people perspective Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, the exec at the time basically knew that one of my favorite things was solving problems almost like the click click of a jigsaw or you know the clunk of of sorting a problem and working out a structure and a process of how to get somewhere and 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 sorting out those problems obviously that they were facing from a people point of view and he you know basically said look we've got this job um looking after um brokers basically on behalf of the bank um would I be interested so um yeah thought about it for about 20 minutes and then uh, yeah grabbed it grabbed it by the horns really and never looked back since um and then obviously Halifax became Lloyd's banking group um uh, you know as a result of the credit crunch and then yeah then you know just grew and grew within there continued to be in my national account role and uh, the role moved to London in permanently pretty much in 2010, um, which obviously, you know, I then just commuted for that, which is fine. Um, and then chose to basically just had enough of the commute and it was time for me to uh, leave and settle the business in 2017. So here I am. Because I remember when we first started talking, so I work with Abby on, on her social media and when we started speaking, it was maybe nearly a year ago now, you kind of told me the story about how you were commuting to and fro London and you were at some awards, weren't you? And did everything kind of come to a head where you thought this is, it's just so tough to do? We had, um, I had one of those nightmare moments whereby when, when I first took on the role as 
um, national account manager. I didn't have any children. Then you have one, then you have two. And I was crazy enough to have a third. Um, and I'm quite stubborn, I'm quite driven, um, absolutely wanted to prove to the rest of the world and myself that as a working mum, I could, I could do it and I could deliver and be great at my job. Um, but on the other side of me is a fabulous husband who also has quite a high powered job that involves a significant amount of travel. And we just had one of those ridiculous moments where I was due to be speaking at an industry conference um, on this particular week and my husband had been sort of going on all all over Christmas that oh, I think I'm gonna have to go to China there's a big complaint bubbling and I was just kind of like well of all the weeks you can't go to China to resolve this complaint is is this particular it was this particular week and uh, lo and behold uh, the week he ended up going to China was the week that I needed to be away from home all week and we basically moved our um key worker from nursery in as a as a part-time nanny for the week which didn't feel brilliant um you know I guess if social services had got a hold of us maybe it wouldn't have been um, the best answer but that's what we did um and it all worked well and everything until my husband missed his connecting flight uh from Shanghai to Beijing and therefore missed the overnight flight back to Manchester which meant I uh, was stuck in London presenting at a conference not happy and um, you know, just just everything just went a bit wrong, yeah. and I think it was that really that forced us to to have that that conversation, mm. which was a little bit difficult over that weekend, um, which resulted in me resigning on the the Monday morning, um, and can't remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you know, it was it was really that you know we it it was the push I needed. Right. Um, so we you know we we decided um back in two, 2012 when my youngest was born I decided at that point then at some point I was going to have my own brokerage but I, I loved my job yeah but I loved my job and you need that push and you know some people their push is being made redundant or you know there's some form of um you know big significant change in their life or some form of trauma well I guess my trauma was actually the world was proving to me on that particular week that uh, juggling the three kids and two parents with the types of jobs that required quite a bit of travel actually it just it just wasn't going to work um you know much really you know much further into the future kids were getting you know eldest was off to high school you know there was other changes that were coming along so that was that yeah we just sat down and that was it sat down friday evening Talked about it all weekend and resigned on the Monday um, with a back of a fag packet plan <laughs> as to <laughs> what I was going to do. Um, you know, I knew I knew my stuff, but I've not run my own business before. But I knew I knew mortgages, and I was confident in my ability. So, so that's what we did. So I resigned uh, at the start of the year. Um, obviously, I had a period of, of notice and then garden leave and stuff um, to work through, which was fabulous. And then was officially allowed to trade from September 17. Oh, so did you find obviously being a national account manager, you wouldn't have you would have just dealt with mortgage brokers, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have dealt with clients. How did you find that transition between sitting down with clients face to face? Um, so I think um, at first going from obviously working for a lender, dealing with brokers, dealing with, you know, execs from the from the networks and the DA clubs looking after them. 
then going face to face in with clients, it, it was really almost, I felt at times that I was living a little bit of a lie um, in terms of, yes, I would state to a client, I've got these, you know, 20 years experience within the mortgage market, but I didn't have 20 years experience physically sat in front of clients advising. But then you very quickly have to remind yourself and very quickly learn to realise that you will always, as a mortgage professional, know more than the client that is sat in front of you. And you just have to tell yourself that you know your stuff, you're good at your job, you know what you're talking about. You know, there's, there's nobody gonna pat you on your head when you're self-employed and you're on your own. You have to be the person who's, who's you know, singing your own trumpet. So, yeah. you, you know, you have to be doing that self-praise piece. Um, you know, and I've got, I've got a lot of close friends to me who aren't in mortgages, who run their own businesses and, Sometimes I'd just ring them for a chat or pop in for a coffee. It'd be very much, you know, like, just remember how good you are. You know your stuff and you will always know more than the client. And you're there to educate and help. Mm -hmm. um, and really, once you continue to, to, you know, tell yourself that, then it starts to become your daily mantra. And then, you know, you put your first case in, first 10 cases, and you start to get to success and your confidence just builds from there, really. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's fabulous. Yeah, you can't yeah. help but make a client smile when you are helping them by their dream. So it's it's brilliant. What would you say starting a business? What would you say the toughest part of starting a business is aside from being a mortgage broker? Because there's probably a lot of people, especially over the last 12 months, that has thought my employer hasn't given me the backing, backing that I want or I should have needed. I'm going to do it alone. What would you say the hardest part of, of setting a business up is? Um, so there's a couple of bits. I think, I think you need to think harder about what you need to do and what you need to know before you do it versus make it. I know it sounds like I made a knee jerk reaction over the space of a weekend, but it had taken us five, you know, we, that had been brewing for five years. Um, and over the five years, um, sorry, just let me just turn that off. So Abby's got a high street office, which you probably just heard the phone call. And we'll get onto the office in a bit because um, there's a lot of conversations about brokers at the minute. Yeah, and I can't work out how to turn the phone off. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Um, um, I think when you set up your own business, you need to make sure you are financially strong enough to be able to do it. So I knew five years before I was going to do it. And, and you know to set the business up so there, there was money being put to one side so that at the point I made the decision or we made the decision as a family we knew we weren't going to be concerned about income there was enough money put to one side to tide me over for 12 months so that I could confidently focus on building the business up mm -hmm. um, so I think there's the planning element there's definitely an element of um, you do need to run a business as a business however large or small so um, as much as some of my other broker friends chuckle at me, um, I have a PL. Me and my husband sit down once a month and have our little board meeting and go through what's gone well, what hasn't gone well, what does income look like, what does net profit, you know, every part of that business so that we understand what needs to be done and how we're going to continue growing. And really then it's, it's also just making sure that you're, you are building your own self-esteem. You have to be confident that when the phone doesn't ring, that you're not gonna collapse in a heap in the corner. Cause trust yeah. me, you know, I have had 
times when the phone has not rung and it is quite scary, but you've got to keep that self-belief and that confidence and keep going. It's quite interesting you say run a business like a business because that's what I was surprised when I started this business. How many people don't look at the monthly turnover figures? And I don't know my background being an estate agent. I always worked off of what I've got a whiteboard in the office here because I have all my figures of what I'm expecting for profit and loss that month. There are some people that just kind of rely on the business coming in and they haven't got a plan if it doesn't get quiet, as you said. You need you need something to, and, and the belief, as you said, you need that belief. But aside from the business, what's the best part of being a mortgage broker and sitting down with clients or doing it over the phone like we are at the minute? Oh, gosh, uh, when, you get an, when you get a yes and the client <laughs> absolutely did not think they were going to be able to get something. A couple of weeks ago, I had a first time by a cry. And I don't, you know, I'm not proud that I've made that first time by a cry. cry I am at the same time. No, no, crying, absolute delight. Um, you know, because she's rented for a long, long time with her husband. They didn't think they, you know, that, that ever cycle of we've got to pay rent that, you know, we can save, but not quickly enough. And then, um, you know, she she's actually was made redundant um, earlier on in the pandemic last summer has had a you know a surprise redundancy payout had another job within three weeks and was back full-time at work so it's it's kind of you know given them almost like a mini lottery win in a way in that it's it's managed to accelerate their savings mm-hmm. um and then get them on the ladder you know she you know when when I rang you know and I, I literally rang was like hi it's me guess what guess what I've got you know and it's just like and then you know and then you get other people just like I've, I've been called a magician before uh, now um which you know I don't particularly think I'm doing anything magical but then you know some people are car mechanics other people are beauticians I'm mortgage advisor and I just absolutely love what I do and I'm specialist in what I do and I'm, and I'm good at it so people yeah. come to you for that help and then you know it, it but it is it's fabulous when you um yeah when you get certainly with first-time buyers when you when you get their dream yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. And Nobody can deny that. Yeah. And that's why you're winning all these awards. So you've got three awards to your name at the minute. So the, the, the most recent one, well, obviously last year that you won. How did it make I you feel did. winning something like that? Do you who do you get nominated by? How does it happen? Um, so the the uh, women in finance one, I, I was nominated mm-hmm. by another broker actually for that oh. last year, uh, which was lovely to be nominated by one of your peers. Um, you know, and then, yeah, you know, you, you fill in a form and you yeah. talk about what you've done. And, and then obviously, I guess what I've written, the judges, the judges liked. But, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about what I do and I'm really passionate about this industry. And, and I'm involved in, in lots of different parts of it. So, you know, yeah, I, I guess I, I just love it. So, I yeah. I want to talk about next something that, there's a lot of people on the fence about at the moment. And we were talking about it before we started this podcast. He's talking about office space. Mm. On this podcast, I speak to people about how the pandemic's affected working from home with kids and homeschooling. But when you set up the business in 2017, you got an office within two weeks of kind of setting up the business, didn't you? Yeah. So well, I spotted the premises um, within a couple of weeks of the business being launched um, now, some people would say I'm fortunate. Uh, I'm on the West Yorkshire Lancashire border. Property is still relatively cheap 
where I am in the UK, but I saw an investment opportunity um, and it took about 12 months for that to come to fruition in terms of for lots of complicated reasons that the sale going through and the lady agreeing to, to sell it to us and, you know, just a few complications of it, but it took about 12 months for us to physically get the keys to the property. Um, but I always knew that my business would benefit from having some form of high street presence in terms of brand awareness, advocacy, in terms of supporting the local community, helping local people, working alongside other local businesses. It's just a case of how and when you choose to make that step. Would I have gone and done that within a month of opening a business and paying rent out to somebody? No. Um, in, in my eyes, that would have been an unnecessary cost to be added into my business at that time. I worked very, very effectively from home for the first 14 months or so. Um, but really, um, you know, I, I can absolutely see the benefit that the business is having now being on the high street. We've been on the high street for just over two years now. And yeah, you know, it's the brand awareness piece, not so much the walk-in appointments. Um, I'm not overly keen on them, if, I, if I'm perfectly honest, if they can't ring up first. Um, it's not always the most quality inquiry, but you know, you never turn one down. You're always polite and have the conversation. But I can see, you know, when people ring up with an inquiry, it's that polite question, oh, can, you know, can I ask where you've seen us? You know, just doing a little bit of research, what I just want to know what's working for us. We don't pay to advertise. So, you know, it's nice to know, oh, well, I've got your number because I've noticed your shop front or I've got your details because I've seen somebody commenting on Facebook or, you know, however they've seen us. Um, but it's nice to know. And I can see that trend growing in terms of, locality to the town we're based in you know it's not a town I'm from so to crack this nuts is going to be quite difficult but we are getting there so because you're right opposite in Morrison's supermarket I am what Abby was saying is as people slow down to turn into the car park they have to almost look into your office don't they and they see your face and they see the brand name which is it's invaluable really isn't it something like yeah. that you couldn't have picked yeah it. yeah it couldn't, it, yeah, and that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I was so passionate about getting the, the shop um, when it came up. Um, arguably wasn't the right time for a business to buy a premise, you know, so soon after setting up. But, you know, it's, it's, an, it, it's an absolute goldmine and we have, you know, done it in such a way that we have other offices that are rented out within the building to other small businesses. So, we support the local community in terms of almost being like a business centre, um, but it also drives additional income into the business as well by us renting out those offices, which is fabulous. It's great, isn't it, to be able to to have a property like that and and create a base for people to come in. I know we're going away from the FS route now, but having people to come into an office and, and see different people, I suppose it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. And it kind of, um, it gives you, um, you know, a little bit of that team feeling and, yeah, and team yeah. ethic because at least you've got somebody to you know natter to as the kettle's boiling kind of thing versus uh, me being on my own all the time At home kind of thing uh, which is nice yeah so you've got the office and and that's a great branding technique but you you talked about social media so what social media channels do you find personally most effective for for nest oh facebook hand, hands down facebook every time for nest um, if I look back to 
where we were in 2017 when I set up the business bear in mind at that point yes I'd worked in mortgages for a long long time but I'd never advised uh you know face to face with clients mm -hmm. um so I didn't have a client bank to bring with me from a different business I was absolutely setting the business up from scratch with absolutely not not one single customer at all um so Facebook for me was the, the absolute you know your only source of leads or my own my own list not so much my only source of leads but it was my only route to market in terms of telling people on a large scale you know get in front of a lot of people quickly with zero cost to tell people that i existed yeah because once people know i exist then i'd like to think they choose to step forward to work with me um but it's telling people that they exist in in the first place so it was very much you know setting that facebook business page up was was almost done it wasn't because it was done exactly the same time as as the website but actually it could have been done in advance of, of the website because that for me was the most important route to market in terms of shouting from the rooftops that i existed and this yeah. is what I, this is you know what i could offer and this is a service that i can help with and to get your name out there you're really big with facebook groups aren't you and yeah some people don't use them so could you talk us through like really a simple process that you do with you do it with pretty much every post that I create for you. What what are the steps that you take to share it into groups? So I'm I'm assuming our market town village community is is the same as lots of other areas across yep. the UK. Um, so we have locally to us um, discuss whatever the name of the village might be. So normal chit chat groups that exist with you know 30 odd thousand 60 odd thousand members on there where um you know so the local one to us i think there's about forty thousand members on there and you're allowed to push your business on a tuesday uh, currently tuesday and a thursday because we're in lockdown three in lockdown one we were allowed to push it every day of the week <laughs> uh, they were really supportive of local businesses other local discussion groups aren't as supportive but basically i just decided to go right here i am in the south pennines these are all the little market towns that exist around me let me go and find out who's got a chit chat page a discuss page as a community group and find out what days of the week am i allowed to shout that i exist for free and that's basically what we started doing so investigating your chit chat discuss whatever name of the town or village shop local facebook groups um and and just went from there really um and and from there you know it just started to grow i mean clearly all my facebook friends were tasked with liking the business page and sharing it and you know pushing it out that way but very much now it's it's about um posting regularly and sharing uh you know so tuesday it's tuesday today um, with, that we're recording this well so i've got a list of these you know so i've maybe have four or five facebook groups that i know their business advertisement day is a tuesday so then i'll go on and pick one of our recent posts or today's post whichever and then share it to that group normally at about 5 p.m in the evening um, people, yeah people are getting in from work cooking the kids tea you know, having a quick cheeky scroll through facebook and then they'll see it um, 
but you know and, I, and I've, I've done the work and I've done I've done the research so I know that if I share I can get in excess of 5,000 views of a post if I do nothing absolutely nothing 150 yeah so, so that's the difference and you do it yeah. and the great thing is you've got a process in place like you know it's a Tuesday today and you've got a list of five groups you can share uh -huh. and the way that you yeah, do it yeah. when you join a for anybody that's listening when you join a group you can join it as a page or as an individual it all depends on the group settings doesn't it and then when you go onto your page at the bottom right hand corner you can press share and share to group and that's all it is isn't it it's just two clicks of a button it will share it into that group for you for absolutely free yeah. it's, it's a great way because this will eventually go away like facebook they'll try to monetize it in some way possible but you've been doing it for 12 months now haven't you yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's working really well. And you see the Facebook inquiries increase and grow. Um, now, interestingly, sometimes a Facebook inquiry will come in from somebody, then when you go back and check, have they liked the business page? They haven't liked the business page. But for me, social media is, it's a little bit like a dance floor in a nightclub, mm -hmm. in that Nest Financial Services or, or me as the advisor, I'm stood with my Facebook page, with your help, Chris, obviously, we're stood in the middle of that dance floor, giving it large to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. And everybody else is stood on the edge of that dance floor, observing my dance routine. So I'm busy, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me with my social media posts. And at some point, people make the decision to step forward and dance with you. So when I get a Facebook inquiry in, they've chosen to step forward and dance with me. Now, interestingly, quite often, they haven't actually liked our business page, but they've seen that because we get shouted about a lot and we make quite a lot of noise on social media and therefore we get recommendations on social media, they go, oh, that business must be good. I'm going to choose to step forward and dance with her. And that's how it kind of works. Yeah. Um, and I also get lots and lots of recommendations from people on the local Facebook pages who've never spoke to me, never done any business with me, but almost recommend you because they see it as like the thing to do. <laughs> oh, this, this, this lady's getting lots of brilliant reviews. I'll recommend her too because other people are doing it. I've never used her, but but then when it comes to that person needs to speak to somebody about yeah, them, yeah. they've recommended you five times. So they're only going to one place. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it's you know mortgages are cyclical, aren't they? So you, you're going to catch somebody normally every two years or maybe every five years if that's if they're you know playing the five year fixed game. So you've got to continue giving it large and dancing on your dance floor because it could be three years before somebody needs to step forward and connect yeah. with you. Um, so it's not just that consistent content for twelve months and not not even speak to you, not even send you a message. Then they could phone you up and book in an appointment and come and see you. And they've they've consumed twelve months of your content. You don't really need to sell to them. They've made that decision already. They're using you. Yes. Because yes. they they've maybe watched and we'll speak about videos in a minute. They've watched one of your videos. They know who you are, how you speak, what your values are. They've seen your posts. They know you're an expert. You don't have to sit there and sell yourself. And I suppose. I've not broken down like your kind of business and your leads, but I can imagine anybody that phones you up, I'd probably say there's a 99% chance that they'll use you for a mortgage anyway, because you know what you're talking about, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they tend to go, oh, we could just really tell you're really passionate about this and you really know your stuff. 
And then I basically described myself as like a brain surgeon of mortgages. <laughs> and, you know, you wouldn't go to your GP for brain surgery. So why try to do your own mortgage when I can do it for you? Exactly. And that's your big on that is giving people educational videos, giving them information. You did like the, like the series of videos, Nest Nuggets. And this was last year when you were a bit quiet. So you had a bit more time on your hands. You were doing more videos. Yeah. <laughs> you did a video about mortgage payment holidays didn't you and I did it was a case of you just set the camera up and went I've got to get this information out there and it's had nearly 2,000 views on Facebook now what was your thinking behind that type of video I think um I think again it's it, the the videos are another way for you to give it large on the dance yeah. floor effectively and particularly if you look at the payment holiday one as, as a subject, it was so new for people. People didn't know how to react. Should I take it? Should I not take it? What's going to be the impact on my credit file? You know, lots of things. And, and we were running as fast as we could as an industry to try and keep up with the government announcements that, you know, that were coming with the pandemic. And then I just passionately felt that people needed educating and it's just another way where people can meet you without having to pick up the phone to meet you. Yeah. So they get to know my style, you know, what I sound like, what I look like, almost pick up on some of that passion that I've got about mortgages. And then they'll think, oh yeah, I quite like that girl. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take a further step forward onto the dance floor versus they could be sat thinking I was a complete nutter because you know I do all these things but I don't know anything about it the the video piece provides some form of person you know personality and and personal interaction without actually having to pick the phone up so people it cements their decision really you're almost um, answering the question that they've had in their head and when they see your content they, they think oh she's a magician <laughs> because yes. she knows what I'm thinking but there's probably a hundred other people that are thinking the same so you're you're taking topical content to them aren't they aren't you and it yeah yeah polish video does it you must have just jumped on with your phone um and and shot a video couple of takes couple of takes um i do have a tripod i used to do it on, on my you know at arm's length i do have a tripod now um but i haven't gone gone as far as having a microphone or anything but no i do have a tripod a couple of takes make a couple of notes, you know, as to uh, what I want to say. Sometimes I will stick those notes round my phone so my eyes aren't moving too much. So I try to look um, a little bit more like a, a 10 o'clock newsreader. And the other thing that I will say to everybody as a top tip, I put a little, um, little white sticker next to where you physically need to look on your phone so it looks like you're making eye contact. Yeah, so that you're not just looking anywhere I just find it quite helpful to work out exactly where you should be looking at on your phone um, and then just talk to camera but talk naturally about what you're passionate about and what's important and what you feel would be beneficial to them and then people will watch opposed to selling as opposed to using the videos to sell try and give them as much value as possible because yeah. we never on the post we give informative posts yeah we have some call to action of call us and get in touch but a lot of it is is we can help you with this this and this it's not call us for do you know what i mean it's not a direct sales approach it's more of giving people information more than anything yeah no absolutely it's a very much an educational yeah. uh, message and actually that educational message ultimately builds trust with your future customers so it's important 
So in terms of social media as a whole, Facebook, you're winning that. But I want to talk about social media because you've got children yourself. If a parent came up to you and said, right, social media, it's the root of all evil, evil, I need to keep my kids off it. What would you say? I think uh, it's certainly not the root of all evil. I think um, I think well-managed is a fabulous and fascinating tool. And one, certainly from a business perspective, just allows you to get in front of people and to shout that, about how good you are and, and simply that you exist. You know, gone are the days where you know, you count on the yellow pages or people making a recommendation over, you know, a garden fence kind of thing. It's much more people, they do live and breathe through their phones. Yeah. And so you, you need to be visible on those platforms. I understand that, you know, parents, you know, from a separate angle may have concerns about screen time and all that kind of thing. But I think from a business perspective, it's important to be out there and, communicate with both your current and future customers through a medium that they engage with and, and yeah. people engage with their phones. I love the analogy of you talking about this dance floor. I can't get it out of my head now. It's, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. Is <laughs> See, we're recording this on video and Abby's dancing now. You can, you'll not see that on the podcast. It's Saturday night fever. <laughs> but it is, if you can be the loudest one in the room, even, I know this sounds silly, but even when that dance party's finished and everyone's gone home, they're still going to talk about you being in the middle of the dance floor, giving it large. Yeah. And however much that annoys people or they love it, it doesn't matter. They've still taken it in, haven't they? And if you get your content out, I'm just, I keep on going over, over that analogy in my head. It is, it's, it's the, um, it, it absolutely is. Fa Facebook is my nightclub dance floor. Yeah. And... You know, you are absolutely, I mean, you've just got to imagine yourself in whatever rubbish nightclub you used to stick to the carpet with where in your younger days, put yourself on that dance floor and start dancing large. And that is, that's, that's your social media platform, whichever platform you choose to use, you should be able to get them to behave in the same way. It's just that I've chosen Facebook as my core platform and that's, that's yeah you know, and what you're gonna you need to be consistent consistent but also confident with it because if you're on the dance floor with somebody that is on the dance floor but not not really shout not really dancing going for it then nobody's really going to recognize them you need to kind of not give a damn really haven't you and put yeah. everything you can into your social media presence be consistent be bold sometimes content that might raise a few eyebrows but you'll stick in somebody's eyes in, in somebody's yeah somebody's mind. and you know there was there was always um you know in, in, and again you know if you cast your mind back to whatever particular nightclub you used to go to when you were younger there was always that gorgeous girl or that really fit guy who was there every week yeah. who was a brilliant dancer who was dead popular on the dance floor that's the person you are being on social media but without having to drink you know two bottles of white lightning <laughs> you know to have the confidence yeah you could yeah no but it, it is it's, it's you just because you're not physically having to do the dance moves it's social media but if you you know if you're there consistently and you are confident with what you're pushing and what you're talking about and you do it through a variety of ways so you know 
still photograph posts, reviews, videos, so that people get a really good idea of what you and your business is about, you can't fail. No. Being consistent, isn't it? Consistent mm. and just shouting about your own company. That's that's yeah. So the strategy question, which I always love asking to finish off the podcast, we're going to pretend that you've moved. We'll say, because you're up north, aren't you, Yorkshire Way? So if we say to the to the south coast, you've just moved to the south coast, you've got a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection. What are the first few things you'll do to start generating new leads for a brand new business in somewhere that nobody knows you? Okay, so let's imagine I've picked myself up and moved to Brighton. Yeah. Um, I would basically sit back um, with my with my phone mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd get onto Facebook and I'd then be looking, right, what are the discussion groups in and around that town? What are the shop local pages? Um, what are the business advertising rules? Um, and, and then obviously become a member of all of those groups. I'd then... Uh, want to understand if I look and monitor and pay attention to some of those business pages or shop local pages, who are the proactive businesses within that local town that I've just moved to that are, that are already getting the engagement on social media? And then I would start commenting on their pages. I'd probably also go and physically go and walk in the shop and introduce myself and say hi. But then there's a big piece around, right, okay, so I've got my IT equipment and I've done my research about the Facebook groups, then you need to start introducing yourself. So it's a, hi, new to the area, this is me, it's a new business, I'm here to support the high street, here to support local people, blah, 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 blah. And then go and make those connections, as well as obviously, you know, pull on my walking boots and go and walk the high street and yeah. physically go and introduce yourself and go and meet people. you on social and they've seen you face to face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but certainly from a social point of view, it would be understanding what what Facebook groups exist locally and then, you know, working out what what you can leverage when and where um, on those. But see, nobody's even spoke about. And that's why I wanted to get you on here, because you're obviously a fantastic mortgage broker. But you look at it from a very analytical point of view. You'll sit there and before you've even set foot out your new house, you're you're going through every Facebook group and finding it's quite interesting you say find the people who are winning at social media already and i say this to a lot of people if you can piggyback off the successful people on social media you can piggyback off their audiences and that's what you're you say you're commenting you're commenting where the interaction already is aren't yes. you especially yeah. with local companies and at the moment this big low push on local communities and local businesses is key isn't it yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as twee as it might sound, if you were, if I was going to a brand new area and I spotted, for example, that um, the local bakery was mega on social media. So let's cakes are us of Brighton, whatever that business might be. I've just turned up there. Well, you know, I'd, I'd probably be a bit sneaky and be like, right, well, let's order some green and blue ice buns with some Nest logos or whatever so that they can pin it on their social media. So, oh, fabulous, just done these cakes to, you know, welcome this new business to Brighton. I don't actually need the cakes, but she's just posted this new business to all of her thousands of cake lovers, you know, and then, you know, yeah, so it's, yeah, if, yeah, if I was to start all over again, 
learned lots in the last I'm going to finish this podcast, phone her husband. I'm going to go down to the bakery now. Yeah, I've not done that one. Giving yourself ideas. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you've spent the money with the local business, you support the local business, but you are, again, building relationships, aren't you? Building that relationship in the local community. Yeah, I love that. That's such a different answer to everyone else that, that spoke, and that's class. Right, awesome. So if anybody's picked anything up from there, then um, just obviously not in Abby's area. That's what she doesn't want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. so thank you. That's a, I think that's a great way to, to end the podcast there. Try and support your community, and it will help your own business. Um, so I asked you before you come on the on the podcast, a charity that's close to your heart, as every guest I have on, I donate £10 on their behalf. So which charity is it? Uh, I'd like it to go to Spring Hill Hospice, which is uh, the cancer hospice in Rochdale. Please. Spring Hill Hospice? Yeah. Rochdale, right, I'll do that for you. Perfect. Anything else you want to add before I sign off, Abby? No, I'm just um, I'm just really looking forward to uh, all these businesses uh, giving it large on the dance floor. <laughs> giving it now. large. That's going to be the, the title of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> large on the dance floor. Abby, I yeah. really appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much, and I hope you've got some value from this. There's loads of nuggets in there that that people can pick up on. Awesome. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thank you. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.